Michelle Ovens. Good morning, Michelle. Hi, Ollie. How are you doing? I'm really well. It's so good to welcome you. Let me tell the audience as if they need reminding. You're the founder of Small <laughs> Business Britain. Also, you brought an amazing thing to Britain, which I saw loud and clear several years ago, Small Business Saturdays. And I've just seen left, right and centre. You've been the voice of small businesses in Britain, but also behind the scenes, you've been their hidden champion. So before I introduce you sort of formally, uh, Michelle, I just want to say thank you for all that you've done on that. And more importantly, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Well, thank you. I was also, often a bit overwhelmed. That's such a lovely intro. Thank you very much, Ollie. Um, yeah, really good. Um, it's a really tricky time for small businesses. So there's a lot going on, but I think also an exciting time. So, um, you know, we're definitely buzzed at, at Small Business Britain and really excited to be at Elite can Business I, Live today. Well, thank you. And can I ask you just a personal question, Michelle? You and I love meeting people face to face, but I just wondered, have you seen some upsides of being able to do things in a virtual world? Because you and I are quite glass half full. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, not to diminish the massive challenges that have come, of course, with COVID, but there's been some big advantages, particularly around accessibility. Um, and actually, if you're looking um, at making what you're doing accessible across the nation, so um, people who don't live in big cities, who maybe can't access really brilliant events, or maybe it's too expensive for them to get to things like this, um, that I think that's a great advantage, but also looking at how um, disabled people access products, services, businesses. Digital has been this um, incredible enabler over the last year. Um, and I think that's got some really positive things for the future. So, yeah, yeah I think I, there's definitely silver linings. I totally agree with that. And frankly, if it helps us get more voices onto stages real and virtual that we wouldn't otherwise have heard. That's got to be a good thing. Michelle, I know you've got all sorts that you want to say to us this morning, but for <laughs> now, Michelle Evans, CBE, over to you. Oh, thank you very much. And, and good morning. And it's lovely to be here to chat all things digital today. And, you know, this session is called Digital Transformation. And it's a funny thing to talk about digital transformation after the year we've just had and, and, in, and in fact are still having because there's very little that hasn't been transformed in our lives and our businesses and it keeps changing and it's going to keep changing and I don't know that transformation is a single thing but, but perhaps an ongoing process it's not one project or one goal it's a sort of a continuous evolution in how we think uh, and what we do and I remember last summer being asked by a journalist whether I thought that the pandemic has made small business bring forward or accelerate their digital transformation plans. Well, no, <laughs> I don't know a single small business who had a digital transformation plan. It tends to be the language of large corporations with big project teams and Gantt charts. Um, and for a start, entrepreneurs just don't have the staff for that. They don't have the budget and often they don't have the inclination. The thing is, small businesses, they just tend to get on and do it. The decision making is fast because there's no one to run it past. Securing the budget is quick. Deciding the route to take is rapid. It might be a quick chat or a phone call or a WhatsApp or a Zoom, um, but there tends to be less of a long term view and particularly in a pandemic. So in that case, to answer the journalist's question, 
Absolutely, yes. The pandemic has completely changed how small businesses get on with digital. And almost all of it is, I believe, for the better. Just like Ollie, glass is half full. Absolutely. So we we look prior to the pandemic, let's say pre-March 2020, largely the UK was seen as a bit slow on the uptake when it came to small business digital skills. Now that is a vast, vast generalisation, but compared to other countries and indeed compared to our national levels of digital skill as individuals and as consumers, we were definitely behind. And so came COVID. Now there is nothing like a crisis to focus the mind and focus it, we most definitely have. As individuals and as small businesses, as big business and as government, change has come fast. So we need skills to allow businesses to pivot, pivot, we hear a lot, pivot, to be able to continue through lockdown and also to be able to access the tsunami of support on offer. And change that has been essential for keeping going has created opportunities for quite an exciting future. So a bit of an aside, I think a great example of the surprising leaps and bounds was actually gov.uk. And I know I was not alone in being absolutely staggered that the government's website didn't crash when the furlough applications opened. So not quite a year ago now, I was absolutely staggered, but it didn't. And I thought, change is happening. Things are working. Time, money, expertise is being applied and the world is shifting. Things are working. And things in digital have got better and better as the year has gone on. And I firmly believe that this is a moment in history when things are going to shift for good. So back to the glasses half full, I do think digital is, I believe, the silver lining of the pandemic. The last year has brought us, has brought us a lot of things, but perhaps one of the big positives, say the silver lining, it's been a revolution in digital skills. It allows us to do more as a business but also customer digital skills, supply chain digital skills, the rapid development of new technology to serve is opening up this massive opportunity for entrepreneurs. So the people you serve are more engaged and more skilled. You can launch something new to a bigger geographical audience with more confidence it will land. The chances are people are gonna find you due to better search, better searchers. You will be of interest due to changing customer needs and a bigger pool to fit in. You can sell outside your local area. You can sell outside the UK. You can sell to different people and you can be more accessible. We mentioned this already. A big advantage to those with a disability that might have struggled to access your services before. So this is quite exciting. So yes then, what, what does that mean? The big question is, what does it look like for businesses who are looking to start or survive and ultimately to grow? There's a whole host of ways that businesses have fundamentally changed and adapted, and a lot of it is going to pay dividends into the future. If you're thinking about where to start, I would, <laughs> this is my tip in life, I would always start with the free stuff. Seems like a very good policy in life generally. There is a huge amount of stuff training technology costs not one penny and largely businesses are not maximizing those opportunities i'd have a look at things like bt skills for tomorrow i know we have pete here from bt so i'm just going to tell us a bit about it uh, in a bit but um free digital skills training on every topic you can possibly imagine you can dip in you can do it at your own time but a great place to start 
Then you're going to look at everything that you use and make sure that you are really sucking the marrow out of the experience, out of the product before you start to spend on it. Some really simple things. You're thinking about upgrading to LinkedIn Premium. Make sure you've used every bit of the free stuff first. You're really doing everything you can to be connectable already. You might be thinking about Facebook ads. Have you considered groups? Have you made the most of your content, your connections, your community? Are you thinking of upgrading your website to attract more traffic? Have you really made the most of what you have? Have, have you really? Have you asked someone for help? I think this is probably the piece of advice I've given the most in the last year is whatever you do, don't do it on your own. The chances are someone out there has been through what you're experiencing and they can help show you the way. Peer support is absolutely priceless at the best of times. And this is very much not the best of times. People, organisations, other businesses are falling over themselves to offer help. So use it. You might save yourself, you might save yourself a lot of time and money. So quick mouthful of water. You are on the journey to digital transformation. Okay, you're not. But you're thinking about what you can do to adapt and grow, which is basically the same thing. So what do you do first? In my experience, small businesses, entrepreneurs have first engaged with digital to grow sales. Cash being king and the economy, economy taking a little bit of a beating, to be honest. The first thing on a business owner's mind is paying the bills. And that suddenly got a lot harder in March last year. Either because maybe your usual routes to market have been cut off due to lockdown, might be dropping footfall or drop off somewhere in the supply chain or drop in spend due to economic downturn. All because businesses are fearful of what's coming next and eager to build a stronger base as possible to create a more resilient bedrock for the business. We want cash, we want sales, we want cash. So what, what are the key areas of focus? Don't waste your time and we certainly don't want to follow the hype. So what do we want to focus on? So the first wave of focus for businesses tends to be new websites transactional websites, selling through new platforms. The absolute gospel of COVID business is don't put all your eggs into one basket. Think about selling through partners. The gospel number two is don't rely on one other person or business as you do not know where they will be hit either. One thing that we've seen in the last year is no one is too big to fail. So eggs in different baskets. Selling in different ways, things like video content, video meetings, video delivery of service even marketing on every available platform and a boom like you would not believe on Instagram. This is not so technical, the not so techie platform, and it's gone absolutely wild for selling during the pandemic. You've got newer platforms such as TikTok have gone completely nutty bananas. But for most businesses, the winning strategy is getting onto the well-known, the well-used platforms and reaching customers as soon as possible to get cash in the door. So no, this was not in anyone's digital transformation plan. This is a roll your sleeves up and get on with it kind of a plan. But transformative, it certainly has been, and it's gonna continue to be as we exit lockdown and look to recover and grow, and we will recover and grow. So thinking about what comes next, collaboration. Like a lot about collaboration, digital collaboration, ways of working have absolutely been knocked sideways by the pandemic. Yes, even your gran knows how to use Zoom. 
but it's not just meetings that have shifted, it's whole ways of operating that have been transformed. And many, if not most of these, they're not gonna go back. You know, this is all moving forward. This is all gonna continue in this direction. Those chats with your colleagues over coffee, that's a WhatsApp group now. Those team meetings to coordinate plans, that's a Trello board. Don't chuck me that document, you can pop it to me on Dropbox and I'll read it on my phone whilst I'm homeschooling or letting in the Ocado delivery. None of this is new tech, but the way we engage with it and the way we use it now, because our lives have changed, the way it operates has changed too. And this is quite exciting because the pressure from entrepreneurs, from individuals, as well as big business users too, has meant that years of tech updates and rollouts from people, you know, really big providers like Zoom, Facebook and more have come much faster than planned to meet a more demanding and sophisticated user base. So whether it's you're starting to stream on Facebook, you're doing your first Facebook lives, you're streaming a guide to your gallery or your product and breakout sessions, sound, backgrounds, document sharing, things like that on Zoom, on Microsoft Teams. These have adapted fast and businesses have taken up the opportunities that these bring faster still. So the more that we use stuff, the more that we develop as businesses, the more the consumers develop, the faster the technology is coming to market. And this creates really exciting opportunities. So you might not feel like you're transforming. A lot of the time in the last year businesses, even right now, businesses feel like they're just, you know, treading water or just trying to keep their head above. But you will look back and wonder how on earth you got here. You'll look at your business now and a year ago and marvel at the shift and the change. And that is going to give you confidence. It's going to give you appetite for more. And the more for small businesses then tends to be technology for reducing costs and realizing efficiencies. So sales first, then ooh, cut some costs. Maybe I could be a bit more efficient. Generally, this thinking comes after thinking about the digital for the top line, but actually it should come right at the start of the journey. With the pandemic, it's been essential. So streamlining businesses for survival has inadvertently created more productive businesses. I use a little, little productive there. Productive is a word that we've used a lot over the last few years. I'm always entirely sure what it means, but essentially saving time means less pressure on staff that you might need to furlough, better planning tools, more online accounting, more automation of processes, your digital gateway drugs of zero or QuickBooks rapidly lead to more and more digital automation. Not only are you now scheduling your social media, but you're automating your marketing, your invoicing, you are straight through processing from your suppliers to your customers. You are operating with the efficiencies of a big business, but with a small business budget. And this is the great gift of the last year. Really the democratization of technology bringing tools and insight to small businesses that before that was the domain of big corporates with big project and analytics teams. And this, this is a phenomenal shift. It's a fantastic opportunity, but often forgotten in there, mm -hmm. the downside, we like the silver lining, it's always a little bit downside, often forgotten in there, are a few not insignificant risks that come with this. So I am talking of course about cyber security. Now, when we, when we periodically ask businesses what they need help with, what they'd like insight on and support on, cybersecurity maybe not comes absolutely last, but it's definitely towards the bottom of the list. 
It doesn't sound exciting. And surely cybersecurity is a big business thing, you know. Uh, so long as I've got a little antivirus on my laptop. Hmm. So this is an area where you absolutely should believe the hype. Small business cyber attacks have rocketed in the last year. With more, more digital, more time online, comes more opportunity for criminals. And they are targeting the small and likely more vulnerable. Now, this is not to scare the bejesus out of you and put you off the whole digital thing. We are still going to do digital transformation. But it is to say a few relatively simple things done right at the start of the journey, right at the start of the journey and carried on throughout. They're going to save you a lot of time and pain later on. We need to take this seriously, whatever our levels of digital engagement. You might be familiar with NCSC, it's the National Cyber Security Centre. It's part of GCHQ. They have a five point checklist for small businesses that can give you comfort that you're pretty well protected. It's, it's a good start. And hopefully it'll give you a little inspiration to look into this a bit more. And that is not a bad thing. The five points, just very briefly, five points that are essential. Firstly, check your firewalls. Super important with more remote working like today. Choose the most secure settings for everything. Control who has access to your data and services. Protect yourself from malware and viruses and keep your devices and software up to date. Yes, when that little button says there's an update, you should press it. You should press it. I'm so bad at that. But you should. That's it. Pretty simple. A bit of time now is going to save you a lot of pain later and a lot of cost. Small businesses, entrepreneurs do not have the deep pockets to take the risk of a cyber attack. They don't have the big teams of big corporates to deal with if it happens. Just don't leave yourself open. But on the positive side, unlike big corporates, small agile businesses do have the freedom to make the decisions fast. And it's been that fast decision making that has and will continue to be essential. And I think liberating for business success. When moving this fast to try new things, when new things are coming to market so fast, you need to test and actually fail fast. I don't mean go crazy and try everything, <laughs> every new fad that comes along, give it a go. But I do mean give things a go, but don't get tied to them. As a business, it's not for you. Move on. Try something else. This try and fail process is the only way forward when the world shifts at the speed it has and, and is really going to continue to do. And this brings me to the biggest and most important thing in digital transformation, both in the last year and in the years to come. It is by a very long way having the mindset to try. Now, I don't want to sound trite and I'm not in any way minimising the difficulty in doing this. It's not necessarily completely simple, but mindset will get you a lot further in a crisis than years of technology experience and training. I was actually asked last week um, by a government department, actually, I was asked, what did I think was the most important thing in being a resilient business right now and throughout COVID? Was it productivity, the little productivity inverted commas, in the classic way we talk about it, high tech, lean staff, or was it mindset? And when I look at businesses that have survived the last year and those that are moving into 2021 with confidence and expectation of growth, it is 100% mindset. 
Maybe a year ago, you looked heavy on staff. You didn't know much about automation or digital collaboration. So you wouldn't be seen as a, as a productive business. But if you could adapt fast, if you could throw off the expectations of the old plan and move forward, if you had the courage and the grit to fight for your business, you were going to succeed. A new mindset for new, for surviving, for growing businesses is required post-COVID. And it's absolutely digital. It is completely flexible. It continues to adapt and it's open to new things. It is curious. It is ambitious. It looks for new things. It doesn't hold on to the old things. That's a hard thing. So let go of the old stuff. It doesn't hold on to that. Maybe you will try Trello and it works wonders for you. Or maybe you'll be back to a pen and paper and a to-do list by the end of the month. But also you've launched your product on Facebook shops. Digital can be the silver bullet for small businesses. It has literally saved millions of businesses in the last year. And in that, I do not exaggerate. There is never an end to what you can learn and try and tweak and grow. And it's never too late to start. Thank you. Ollie. Well, thank you, Michelle. That's Michelle Evans. Michelle, that was terrific. Thank you. It's, is it a bit, can I ask a personal question? Is it a bit, it was brilliant. Is it a bit weird giving a keynote into a camera when you're normally doing it in front of all these people? I think a year ago, maybe. Um, but um, I've done BBC News, I've done Sky News, I've done yeah. speeches, I've spoken to the Prime Minister. Like, this is my world now. They <laughs> were, so you do, you do um, it amazingly. Uh, the question I was going, I've got a few questions for you, if that's all right. Um, no, Michelle, I'm going to have a little mouth of water. <laughs> you've got, please, um, you've got my mind racing. What do you say to a, um, a business that says, look, I, I can see that I can get so much advice from traditional advisors, but what I really want is to hear from people like me. People are also running small businesses. And frankly, I don't know where to find them. Um, where would they go? Where would they start? Oh, well, Small Business Britain's a great place to start. Um, <laughs> it's actually, I think it's a really good point because um, small businesses respond better, actually, to advice from other small businesses. The first thing I would say to any business when they were starting out or even thinking about starting out is to get yourself a mentor. Find someone who's been going just another couple of years longer than you, um, somebody that you admire, and just drop them a line and say, can we have a chat? It's probably going to be on Zoom right now, but soon we'll be a coffee. We'll have a coffee and just have a chat. Um, and you probably won't find the, the right person to be your mentor immediately. You might have to try a, a few people, but just start a conversation um all our workshops that we do are all run by small businesses and that is deliberate actually um we want real life experience from small businesses people who are talking about what they've been through and how they've overcome challenges um uh, and our, actually we partner with bt skills for tomorrow to deliver small business free digital skills training and again it's all delivered by small businesses I think it's really important to have that lived experience um, because there's, there's little things that you can see when it's, um, there's lots of great advice services out there, don't get me wrong, and do absolutely access all of them. I would, particularly if they're free, go for it. Yeah. But if people talk to you, let's talk about SMEs. Oh no, 
I know. This is an early warning sign. Small businesses don't call themselves an SME. They call themselves a business. I'm a business. Yeah. I'm a small business. I do my thing. Um, you want people that really understand what it means to get up in the morning and be completely responsible for stuff happening. Um, so I'd say get a mentor, check out small business run workshops, things that we do. And there's, there's some really great networking organizations out there. Enterprise Nation, completely amazing. Go and talk to other small businesses, small business advisors, run by the amazing Emma Jones. Completely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, that's three things to go and go. No, this is, uh, this, that is brilliant advice. Totally agree. Emma Jones, a co-founder with me of Startup Britain. And, of course, Small Business Britain. Um, where, where, where do we go online? Presumably it'll pop straight up if we Google that as well. Yeah, literally, smallbusinessbritain.uk. That's it. <laughs> so so let, let me ask you, and I'm going to go quite quick fire because we've just got a few minutes um, uh, before I ask you to join our panel, Michelle. And um, I was introducing an organization on stage, funnily enough, in California a couple of years ago. And just as we were about to go on, I said, uh, and, and you're seven people, right? And she looked at me um, very clearly and she said, um, we don't need to mention that. And I took from that quite an interesting message, which is there may be times when talking about how small you are suits you and there may be times when you just want to keep stum allow that to be a little bit mysterious how should a small in reality a small business tread that line well it does depend on the situation absolutely i think there are great advantages about talking about being a small business when you are engaging with your customer on a really personal level so particularly in the last year there's a lot of evidence to suggest that people like buying from small businesses they like they they like local they like small they like the personality of it so if it's a it's if it's about your marketing messaging if it's about engaging with that customer on a really personal level that's a great time to talk about your size if you are pitching in a world where you might be coming up against bigger businesses one of the great things about digital is you can create the illusion of size being a small business and in fact you can operate like a big business you can use freelancers you can use virtual services you can create this incredible um incredible size of a business actually with relatively few people so um this is the great thing you can do both you can absolutely do both when it's kind of picking the right moments for them yeah i think and, and I think that that's a refreshingly nuanced answer, if you don't mind me saying. I think I think that's very helpful, actually, because there will be different situations. Next question. Um, and we're just going to quick fire through these. Um, to what extent should a small business see government regulation a bit like a sailor might see the weather? You know, the winds will blow. There's nothing we can do. Or do they have a chance to use their voice to make a change? I would never feel like you're powerless, like again, like you would as a sailor against the wheel. I never feel that you're powerless. It's absolutely important to to have a voice. There's some some great um, lobbying organisations that do uh, lobby the organisation, lobby the government on policy. And um, people like the British Chamber of Commerce, the FSB, etc. Small Business Britain, not a lobbying organisation, though we do work extensively with government, but also look for opportunities to have those conversations. So, for example, we do a lot of roundtables with ministers, with um, representatives from the government to give businesses an opportunity to put their voice forward. But, you know, you're not going to get these opportunities unless you put yourself forward. You know, reach out, connect with organisations and say, you know, look, I have a voice. I have something to say. Um, I would love to contribute. Do it in a positive way. 
do it in a constructive way, I think you'll be amazed at the opportunities you have to have direct conversations with policymakers um, and actually feel like you are playing a role in how small businesses are going to operate in the future. Now, that's a very empowering message. If you were invited in tomorrow uh, to number 10 or number 11, and they said, Michelle, I just need to cut to the top of the list. What do we need to do differently in this country, particularly through government, to make it a better business environment to support small business? What tops the list? Ooh. I, well, I'm going to say firstly, the UK is an amazing place to start a business. It is a really good place to start a business. There's relatively few barriers to that, and I think that's... I think that's an amazing thing. Um, I would like to see more support reaching more people from governments. I think that there is a challenge, and we saw it a lot during COVID, um, with um, uh, ethnic minority groups, disabled groups, um, people with less digital skills, not accessing the same level of government support. And that's both finance as well as skills. And so I think that governments and as a nation, we need to take that on you know that the the diff what we don't want to see is kind of almost like a like a two two phase two staged small business community one that is getting more and more skills and more and more support and doing great and another that's just completely cut off from that and then obviously we have to deliver a lot of stuff via digital because of the pandemic and we are cutting some people off from that we need to think about how we communicate. Government needs to think about how they communicate and make sure that everyone has the same level of access to the same level of support. Yeah, no, I think that is a, a, a very direct and a very clear message. Michelle, chance for another quick plug for Small Business Saturday. Uh, it comes like Christmas, but once a year. Um, tell, or, or does it? You tell us what we should we look out for and how can we give and gain? Well, of course, every day is Small Business Saturday. But yes, you're right. It's the first Saturday in December um, and it will be this year. Um, we're very excited. Last year was a record year for Small Business Saturday. Over a billion pounds spent in small businesses across the nation. Um, I think partly driven by a shift in the nation's love for small businesses. We've all been more restricted where we can go. I think we've returned to local a bit more. And I think we understand a little bit more the... The, the, not quite the plight because that, that sounds a little bit big to me but mm -hmm. the, the situation that small businesses find themselves in and want to support that so but that doesn't happen obviously small businesses are operating every day we are still in lockdown non-essential retail hasn't, hasn't opened up hospitality hasn't opened up events businesses are really struggling arts businesses creative businesses yeah. so the second you get an opportunity to go and support these guys you get out there and support them every yeah. day of the year Totally agree. And to add to that, it sound a bit corny, but the best way to support a small business is to buy from one. So uh, let's let that message ring loud and clear. Michelle Evans, CBE. Will you stay with us, Michelle? Have you got time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, brilliant. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much, founder of uh, Small Business Britain and, of course, champion of Small Business Saturday as well. Right.